Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. We're happy to have you on our mission to make the dirt world a better place. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host, Mr. Alex Horton. Hey, y'all. What's going on? We're happy to be here. We had to somewhat scramble to record this episode since I'll be out this week traveling around the South. Who knew that these uh, holiday weekends would make things complicated? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I guess. uh, I mean, I'm traveling tomorrow, but most people are not working since it's good old Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. Where Where are you headed tomorrow? What's the first stop? So... Me and Ben Schwanberg are leaving late morning from Nashville, driving out to Little Rock. We're going to pick up Angel and Matt Briscoe in Little Rock. And then from there, we're going to drive to Longview, Texas. Stay the night in Longview. And then the, so this whole week we're visiting North American Coal and then Mitigation Resources in North America, which are both companies owned by NACO Industries, mm-hmm. yeah, who, whom we work with. And so <clears throat> it's three coal mines and then a mitigation project. So the first mine is in, um, it's, it's the Sabine Mine in Texas that we're going to go to on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we go to a mine in Louisiana, And then Thursday, we go to the Red Hills mine and visit the Myrna Mitigation Resources North America project outside of Starkville in Mississippi. And then Friday, we do a little bit more at Red Hills mine before we drive home to Nashville. And then Angel and Matt, I believe, fly out of Nashville that evening. I think you glossed over... The f- how far Longview is from Nashville. I, I have yeah. to drive. I've it's done, a, I've done Dallas. Um, actually, I've done Nashville to San Antonio before, and that, that kind of broke my brain. That's but a long one. That's a long one. Lo- yeah. Longview's out there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a ways, but the... <clears throat> I don't know. I try to... I try to drive as much as I can. Because driving is just so much simpler than flying right now. And this summer, since everybody didn't fly for a year, it's just total pandemonium. If you go to an airport right now, it's just, it's ridiculous. And then rental cars are hard to get and it's a mess. So if I can drive, I'm going to drive, even if it's a long ways. And the nice thing about this is even if I were to fly, it would probably be slower. Because getting to find from Nashville to Longview... You can't really do that in a good manner. You'd probably just have to fly to Dallas and then drive Dallas to Longview. That's or, what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a map and there, there's not like a real airport or no. like a you know an airport where you can get to direct. No, certainly. no it's not an easy place. So yeah, you just fly to DFW and then you drive anyway. And then we'd be driving all week. Mm-hmm. And then from Jackson, Mississippi to Nashville, it's quicker just to drive than it 100%. is to fly because you have to connect through DFW again. Have you driven on uh, the Natchez Trace at all? No, I've really wanted to though. It's cool. It's it can be frustrating if you like have any sort of schedule because it's fifty five miles per hour the whole way, and they're serious about fifty mile fifty five. Um, but it's I mean it's truly like the most beautiful thing I've ever I've ever driven on. 
It's gorgeous the entire way. Two lane, just like through the trees. Um, you know, if like, you know, like if you're going to really anywhere in uh, Mississippi, it's it's not a bad drive if you got some time. Maybe I have been on some of it. I don't know. I like, I'm a huge fan of the South. Every time I, yep. every time I go to the South, I am so happy to be there. And especially like the deep South, Mississippi, Alabama. I just love it. And the, yeah. the most amazing thing is I've never been to Louisiana. So this will be my first time ever oh, nice. in Louisiana. Yeah. I'm, I'm also very pro Louisiana. I'll just, I'll, I'm, I'll say that officially on the podcast. I'm very pro Louisiana. Good. Yeah. Well, when we're pro things, it usually goes over well. When we talk shit about things, that's when people get upset. That's true. I I, I don't think I ever want to officially come out on the podcast as out on any certain thing. It's just not worth it. I have a bad habit of doing that, and <laughs> it makes people angry every time. Well, the biggest thing you did was you, you might have come on strong against general contractors, though I feel like you've yeah. explained your feelings over time, and I think you're probably in a good place now, but there might have been some drama. You know, you got to talk through things to uh, to create some resolution. You got to get all the feelings out on the table. Aaron, are you a person who needs to like process out loud? Yeah, that's that's why I go to therapy consistently. Yeah, um, because it's it's just an hour almost every week of me being able to process my thoughts, and it is so so helpful. That's why I like podcasting too. I mean, these questions and especially the internal podcast, it's mm-hmm. really it's challenged me to think through my thoughts a little bit more clearly and figure out how to articulate what I'm trying to say in an effective manner. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I need to talk through things to figure them out. What's nice for me is that, you know, I get all these questions that come to my email, dirttalk at buildwit.com. Thank you to everybody who sends in questions is that I get to pick the questions that come next. And they're often questions that like, I would like to know Aaron's answer to this. Like, that that would affect me one way or another. I'm curious to know where you stand. Um, and so it's kind of fun to get to be, be able to pick the questions per week. You really do have the keys to the kingdom. I do. Yeah. I, do. Yeah, you're, I, you're I enjoy in control. it. <laughs> I don't even see the questions. We, we've talked a little bit about that. I think that's probably better for everybody. But I think the biggest part of that that's super valuable, and we've talked about this on the internal podcast that we do for our team, is that um, if you if you don't see the questions, you don't have time to like can and answer. No. Be like, here's the official build wit line on this sort of thing. And so I think that also works great for the Dirt Talk podcast as well because, you know, you, we want to be transparent. We want to just say what we think and um, stand by those things. And it's, I think it's easier to relate to. Um, I'll say even as a listener of my own podcast that if um, you're being real, that's, uh, that's more attractive and makes me want to listen to the next one, you know? Yeah, there's there's very little planning that goes into these podcasts. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's some on your end, but from my end, I just, I, I mean, we, we just sat down to do this. I poured, I, I got home five minutes ago, poured my glass of, myself a glass of water, went to sure. the bathroom, and then here we are here recording we are. podcasts. That's how much preparation I put into these things. Love it. Hard work pays off, everybody. <laughs> um. So you've got a lot of travel coming up this week. Yeah, it's going to be a really good week. We're going to, like I said, it's coal mines all week. And I'm a huge fan of coal mines. I'm a huge fan of North American coal. Their operations are beautiful. 
the the coal mining operations are beautiful, but then the reclamation efforts are absolutely extraordinary. And um, it's something most people don't understand. They think coal mining is just 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 going after the earth for for no real reason and destroying it along the way. Um, but but in reality, it's the complete opposite. These people are turning over the earth extracting the coal and then restoring the land to exactly as it looked before, if not better than it was before with yeah. all native species and all, all sorts of just remarkable, there's all sorts of remarkable thought that goes into the reclamation process and the pride that these people have in the reclamation process is, is just something else. So it's a treat to see the mine as a whole, but it's, it's a real treat to just hear how these people explain it all and if you haven't heard, there was a Dirt Talk episode with Rebecca McRue from NACO. Mm -hmm. and, and we talk a lot about reclamation with her. And she's a wealth of information when it comes to all that work. Yep. And I'll, I'll link that episode in the show notes. That was that was a good one. And definitely very eye-opening for me. Um, I know I remember I had a conversation with our art director, Chase Harris, after you and, and Chase had gone and seen some of those projects with NACO. Um you know, like you said, there there are some um, preconceived notions about companies that are, are doing mining like this, and I think it, it's easy to say, you know, they're I'm putting this in quotes, d destroying the earth or not good for the environment. But most of the projects you saw were restoring these these environments. Yeah, and, and yeah. to me, that just kind of opened my eyes to there's way more to this than I <laughs> ever would have expected. Um, and it was just really cool to see that kind of work happening. Well, that's all that's all Myrna does. I mean, they have a whole business that just um, it, they just restore the environment. Yeah. So the last project and in, in this project is going to be similar. They they restore the watershed that was the original watershed before farming and agriculture came in. You know, a hundred, two hundred years ago mm -hmm. in the south for tobacco and that kind of thing, and then they restore all the native species. So they remove the the non-native pine and restore all the native southern hardwoods. Yeah. And and so it it looks like they're causing harm to the environment short term, but long term, they're making it far more extraordinary, beautiful, and just how it should be. They're the the goal of Myrna is to really make the land that they touch look identical to what it looked like 200 years ago before people started messing with it. And yeah. that's, it's a really special thing. So I'm, 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 I've been looking forward to this trip for, for a few months now and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully we have good weather. And then <clears throat> last week, we'll talk about the muster. We sent a few of our people, I think it was a group of six. Jake mm -hmm. Schmidtline's supposed to go, but he got super sick at, at last minute. So we yeah. had seven Six went, and it was Echelon Front's muster, where it's basically like, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Echelon Front, but it's Jocko's consulting business. And Jocko Willink, former Navy SEAL commander, all of the consultants are former Navy SEALs or special operations, special forces type individuals. And they... they basically believe and, and teach that every problem is a leadership problem. So they are a leadership consulting business and they put on these live events every 
few months around the United States called their, their muster. And this was the first one since COVID in Orlando, Florida. And so they had a few hundred people there. We sent, like I said, six of our people. Um, uh, you know, three of them are somewhat like the future leaders of the business, leaders of the business currently. And then we sent Chase, Angel, and Chell since they've been slogging for, for a few years now and they're growing within the company and we wanted to give them the opportunity to polish their their leadership skills. So they went down there for two days and um, I mean, I've never been to one, so I don't know what it's like, but they said it was extraordinary. I mean, you heard it in the call. They were all just blown away yeah. by how much they learned. Um. I reached out to probably half the people that went, just kind of curious to know their opinion. And basically every single person's first answer was, it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I think I'm always, I don't want to say reticent, but these like types of events where the theme of it seems really like nebulous to me, like just, it didn't, I didn't, when, when you said, you know, these people are going to this, is it, a, would you call it a conference? Would you call it? Just like an event? Yeah, I mean, I get, yeah, it's kind of like a hybrid. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so I think I just had, I want to say I passed any judgment, but I just like had no idea what it was supposed to be. And the like first sign of what it was is when I saw that the team had, had gotten up at, you know, had a, had a meet for a, a workout with the whole crew at like 445 in the morning. And yep. I'm like, what is this? And then the way they come back and um, the our leader of Buildwick Creative, Lori um, Santa Lucia, she s- said, I have never been to something like this where I have steps and strategies that I can immediately apply to my life right this second, um, which I, th- I thought was really, really cool because I, I think it's it would be easy for events like this to have something you know, have the message be, here's something you can apply to your life in the future as you grow as an adult. A human, or as you grow as a leader, and she was like, "No, these are these are strategies, these are tactics that I can apply to my life this second. And I yeah. thought that was really, really cool. And that's the kind of thing I want to go to. I want to. I want that to be real. And that all sounds and like felt really real when they were talking about it, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was exciting to hear how excited they were, yeah. and it was cool to hear. I think it was Laurie, Chase, and Angel. They all three said. Yeah, going into it, I wasn't all that stoked and figured I would just yeah. kind of go and and just do it, but I didn't have there wasn't a whole lot of excitement for me going into it. Mm-hmm. But after I was totally wrong. Like that was one of the most incredible events I've ever been to in my life and and to hear that and and even um I think the coolest thing Skylar said was that <clears throat> he came home to a really hectic situation. He's moving right now and he's young kids and so his whole family is being uprooted at the moment. <clears throat> and he came home and he said he would have reacted really poorly to the situation. But because of what he had learned with Echelon Front, he was able to see the situation a completely from a completely different perspective and handle it way better than he ever has before, the high-stress situation. Yeah. And, and that's so cool to be able to give people the opportunity to not only become better at their jobs for the sake of BuildWit, but just become better people and better parents and better spouses. And, and to give people that opportunity is really, 
special for me. So yeah. I'm glad I'm glad they got so much out of it. And uh, the next muster, we're planning on sending more build with people to it. We're going to have a brief application process internally just to make sure you know if we're sending we're sending people that that really want to go yeah and then uh i don't know when it is but we'll send another group and see how that is very cool i yeah. wonder if skylar got home and made his wife and young kids get up at four o'clock in the morning to work out before they started the day so it should be do you think that's you one of the things jocko, you well yeah. <laughs> do you follow do you follow jocko I on do. instagram oh yeah 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 every single morning if you don't follow him it's his watch at like it's just a picture of his watch at four fifteen. 423, 428. It's seven days a week. The guy does not sleep in. It's mm-hmm. every single morning, uh, just a picture of his watch. And if that's not motivating, I don't know what is. Well, discipline is not conditional. No. You know, you, you don't you don't learn that kind of um, discipline in your own life if you don't live that out. And I yeah. think it is cool that he's just like, here's what I'm doing. That This is... I want to live my life and I'm I'm really committed to that. And yeah, he's definitely a great follow on Instagram. Yeah, he's he's a uh, practitioner of everything he preaches. And the two books, Extreme Ownership and Dichotomy of Leadership, I could not recommend those books more. They will make you see life completely differently and just the concept of extreme ownership is it it's totally changed my life. So yeah. we're really excited to be involved with Echelon Front a little bit here and we're hoping to be a lot more involved with them pretty soon, which we'll be talking about in the next few weeks. Woo-hoo. Probably like two weeks. Yeah. I think we're going to start talking about it. So that's that. Um, and I guess uh, the last thing I wanted to point out is this is all just an extension of one of our values, develop 3X people. Yeah, um, It's our responsibility to develop the high-performing individuals that we need and we're trying to create more and more opportunities for our people like Echelon Fronts Muster to develop themselves as individuals and become a higher performing individual just in life in general, just a better human being closer to where they want to be more of themselves. And and it's really cool to do that. Um, but that goes back to our value, you know, develop through X people. So it's, it's really important. And this was an exciting next step of that that value being carried out in our business. And you know that that value is not develop 3x employees. No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. It's 3x people. We just want <clears throat> yeah, I, I, every person that comes here, I want them to be a better human being at the end of the day. And I think I've talked about that, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I could talk about it enough. I, I really just want to make people better and the thought of the thought of our business being able to make all of these lives better is is the most exciting part about business for me. Yeah. And and not only are we just making them higher performing at the company, like that's kind of the last benefit of it. It's like I just said with with Skylar or somebody else, it's we're making them better parents and better people in the community and better spouses and better friends and better children and 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 they're just Get better humans overall, and um, so this 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 week was really fun for me to see all six of these individuals go through this. And people they asked me why I didn't go and why Dan didn't go, mm-hmm. and the point was to let them be on their own and go through this and experience it themselves um, without us there. And I think they got a lot more out of it without us there than they would have with us there. 
you know, it's like like a lunch table at school when you're like in high school or elementary school or whatever. You just kind of have a different conversation if the teacher's sitting there too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like that it's that way, but it's a reality nonetheless. Yeah. So that's, uh, that was last week and that's this week. This week. Um, yeah. And with that, we can hop into a couple questions, I think, after a word from our spot. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Um, a word from our sponsor, <laughs> Buildwit Excavating and Grading, tackling your toughest grading and excavating needs since 2021. It's pretty cool that that company has no presidents, but it does have a vice president. We only have a vice president, which is <laughs> Mr. Eric Jumper. That company he does recently nothing. got promoted. That, that company is only for memes. Um, all right, so we got three great questions. Uh, our listeners, keep them coming, and I, I just could not be more thankful for that. Um, so I'm going to jump in. First one is from James Devini. Devini? Um, James, reach out and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, he's, first of all, he says, on behalf of your five loyal listeners, keep up the great content. Those five listeners are carrying us Thank through. You. Thank you, James. Um, his question, how are the companies you work with beating the stigma of we can't find enough employees because people make more money on unemployment. The company I work for pays well, offers solid benefits, and the management style is relaxed and rewarding of hard work, but we have a hard time even getting applications. What are great companies doing to solve this alleged problem? Um, reality is everybody's struggling with that. So this is one of the things, and I, I try not to get too political, but the, the extension of unemployment benefits is absolutely insanity right now and and it's 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 really hurting a lot of businesses because someone decided to pay a ridiculous amount of money in unemployment and then they just kept extending it extending it extending it extending it and it just hasn't gone away and now if you can make more on unemployment than working why why work it it makes sense i i, I get it but whoever who's ever enabling this is is an absolute it's just, it's just sad is what it is. So reality is everybody's struggling. Construction industry is one of many industries that's struggling with this. Probably restaurants are struggling the most right now because most of them are ramping back up into that hundred percent capacity. They're trying to hire people desperately and they just can't find individuals. Any, any industry that has um, lower level positions is, is hurting because of this yeah. and it's, it's, it's a, it's a real shame to see. So everybody's struggling because of it across the United States is what I've seen, but the companies we work with, they're, they're putting themselves out there. They're vocalizing what they have to offer. They're vocalizing what their companies do day to day. They're vocalizing what kind of careers they have available. And if you're not doing that in an online setting, especially you're really hurting yourself. So I would Look for opportunities to share about your business. If it is a great business, why is it a great business? And and talk about that. Be vocal about it. Talk about the careers you guys have. Talk about the open jobs. Talk about the work you guys do. Talk about the proud people you have working at the company. Talk about your benefits. Talk about it. Be vocal about it. This industry, the dirt world, has historically not talked about any of that. And now they're wondering why they can't find people. That's why. If you don't talk about something, if you don't make it known, people don't know about it. Common sense. So that's what I would do is, is I would look for opportunities to, 
talk about your business, your brand, your the careers you have as much as possible. And maybe it looks different. Maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's trying to get the word out in your local community about what you guys do. I don't know, but as far as effective ways to get the word out about your business, it's hard to beat social media these days. So I, that's how I would, I would frame it. And, and, you know, if you've always gone to it, I've been using this analogy and I don't know if it's a great analogy, but it works. You know, you're, you, you keep going to fish out of this pond that you've been fishing at for a very long time. It's worked out okay for you, but now you're really starting not to, you're not starting to catch a whole lot. The, the pond's starting to get a little exhausted. You got to go find yourself a different pond. So if you're doing what you've been doing this entire time, the same things to get people and it's not working, that means you have to do different things to find new people and other diff, other pools. It's, it's a no brainer. Um, so even if it's not talking about stuff, just look for other opportunities beyond what you've done traditionally to find people because they're out there. They want to work. We're hiring a lot of them right now. And I guess my last thought here too is I'm a, I'm a big believer in being, being mindful of what you put out into the world. So if you're putting out and even thinking that it's just so hard to find people and people don't want to work and young kids don't don't want to be in this industry, amazingly enough, that's probably going to be true for your company. Mm-hmm. And if you have a more positive attitude about people and about taking responsibility for training individuals and about taking responsibility for the fact that you need people, you're going to be much better off at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I like that you were talking about your, your analogy of fishing in you know, the same pond over and over again. I mean, there are certainly companies in the industry that are like still putting job ads in the newspaper. Yeah, you they're know? just and doing it's just the like, same thing they've done for 20 years. Yeah, maybe that okay. worked in the 90s, 80s, 70s, but it just that's not where you're going to find new talent, find new um, people in the industry who are maybe interested but have no way to, who don't understand how to get into it, how to get their foot in a door. Um, yeah. I, it goes along with a lot of what we work on at BuildWit is um, trying to tell stories. You know, We're not trying to make up stories. We're trying to honestly tell the stories of our partners um, and in a, which something that's much harder tell our own story. And yeah. so I can certainly put myself in in the shoes um, of, a, of a company in our industry that maybe has been around for a really long time and has had um, great phases of, of huge success who says, well, it's, it's gone really great, but now it's not and I'm not really sure how I'm supposed, how do, how do I change what I've always done that has worked up until now? You know, I just... I'm sure. I'm sure it's really, really hard to like step back far enough to say, okay, here's where maybe want to change, or here's how we should change, or even seeing themselves kind of like stepping back from their situation and saying, I don't really know what the next step would be. I feel like that would be so difficult. Yeah, but the the cool thing is, there's a lot of tools out there that they can use for free to find those newer people. Like I just had. A new hire say, yeah, if you guys weren't on Indeed, I would have never found you. I think she found us Indeed, Glassdoor, something like that. So even those job 
websites, putting, creating a presence there. And then, you know, they find you on Indeed and then they go to your website. And if you have a garbage website, all right, I'm, eh, I'm out. But you, if you draw them in, okay, they're ready to go. And, and we're in a different industry. We're in a different world, but we have not had a problem finding people. Um, and if you're looking for work, we also have a website called buildwithjobs.com. Yeah. Got some jobs on it too. A lot. It's true. A lot yeah. of jobs. Um, well, thank you, James. I appreciate it. I feel like, Aaron, I think we've had something of a theme of questions that don't have like a solid, like printable, write it in pen answer. No, no. And that's partially because, um, I mean, I think it's mostly because we just don't have good answers to them. Sure. Which is why we're in business because there aren't good answers to these questions of how the hell do I find the people I need? Yeah. And the people who are asking these questions are on our side. When, when we talk about our mission of making the dirt world a better place, you know, that's yeah. not something that's not the mission. I mean, it's the official mission of, of build Wit, but it's not, we're not the only ones who who have that mission and have that desire. You know, I, I think no. our the people who listen to this podcast certainly feel that way. Um, I mean, tons and tons and tons of people in the industry. And so, you know, when we get questions like this, there's something encouraging about that to know that, like, you know, we're not alone in that. No, and if we were, we'd we'd be screwed. There's no way to make the dirt world a better place without as many people on board as possible. Yep. Uh, well, thanks, James. Appreciate it. Next question from Jay Collop of Collop Enterprises. Jay, he's a friend of Buildwit. Absolutely. Jay Collop, if you need uh, if you need training, heavy equipment training, operator training, Jay's the guy. He has a, a, a training business and he travels all over the United States. He does a lot of work with uh, mining companies right now. But he'll he'll go out to your construction company or whatever and and train up your people on how to run equipment a lot more effectively. Anything from just basics of of loading with excavator and truck to machine control with with graders. The guy's uh, amazing on equipment, and he was a, a cat CDI for a very long time. That's his background. And so, if you're looking for equipment training, I'm gonna give Jay a plug. Call up Enterprises is the place to go. And and now doesn't it feel silly that he's asking us a question? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what he has to ask us, but let's see. <laughs> All right, so he says, you know that with a new and growing company, cash flow is probably the biggest issue to deal with. If you had oh, someone wanting to invest, but you were unsure of what they could bring to the table, what, would you take them up because you need the capital or keep trying to secure a business loan, which is so hard for new businesses to do? Okay, I was in this situation for three years. Uh, I could not get a loan. And I didn't want to give away equity. I've learned that everybody that has given away equity always regrets it. And I want to keep equity in within the business so we can generate as much wealth for our people as possible and keep our vision intact. If you invite a partner in and there, it just starts to become more complicated pretty quick. And, and I was lucky enough to, to not have a partner in the beginning um, and, and I've tried to keep it that way for a few different reasons. I talked about it on our last internal podcast, yeah. actually went in, went into detail as far as why, why it is that way. Um, so I, it, I guess it just depends what you, what you want. If, if you really need capital, 
a partner is not the only way to do it. Equity is not the only way to do it. We've really desperately needed capital quite a few times and we've never given away equity to get it. Um, we've never, and, and we didn't get any bank loans for three years either. You can be crafty with how you get money. Like a lot of our customers, our partners have helped us out in, in tough times. If you're, if you're able to be vulnerable enough and be like, hey, I'm in a tough spot right now. What would you recommend? Miraculously enough, if you've done the right thing and really cared for them as much as you could have, they'll they'll return the favor. And, and that's what's happened with us is by not giving away equity and not getting away bank loans, not getting any bank loans, we had to get really resourceful and clever with how we cash load our business. We would have never gotten that resourceful and clever if we would have just gotten the money easy. And I would have said, oh, I'll just sell some equity of the business. Um, now, you know, as far as if you are going to sell equity in the company, I, I really do believe it should be for more than just money. Like money's great, but there's a lot of people with a lot of money right now. And there are a lot of different places you can probably get it as long as you're crafty enough with your approach. Um, you really need to look at what that individual brings to the table. Does their, does their skill set complement yours? Do they bring a totally different set of experiences that can help your business grow? That's, that's what I would look for is, is who is that individual? Do your values uh, align? Are your, are your values aligned? Is your, is your vision for the future aligned? Are your, are your skill sets, do they, do they mesh well? I mean, maybe they don't, maybe they're really good at all the stuff you're not good at. That's, that's ideal. How involved do they want to be? There's, there's a lot of questions you need to ask there, but I, I don't know. I, everybody I've ever known that's just given away equity for the sake of getting money in return has regretted it. And that's why we've stayed away from doing it. Ever since I've come on to build with and gotten to have a, something of a front row seat to, um, the process of growing a small business, you know, I was, you know, certainly one of the first 10 people to come on to build with. And now we're in the thirties and we're going to continue to, to grow our team in all kinds of ways. Um, when I think of the show shark tank where they talk, they freely like scale up and down how much equity they're willing to give away to these, the sharks is bonkers to me. That's like, yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we can add five percent. Not a big deal. In order to like get the deal done, I'm like, the the more that like I I see what that like is really doing, what that's really giving up is crazy to me. Yeah, diluting your business is very rarely a good idea. Now, there's a lot of great businesses out there that they wouldn't be where they are without a partnership. For sure. uh, I mean, I'm not saying it. There's not a right or wrong way to do this. This is just my opinion. I have avoided a partnership with anybody and will continue to do so for the because it's what I believe in our best in, in our best interest to do so. Um, but the, I guess the big thing too is if you're inviting someone in with an equity position, you need to know what their intentions are. Like Shark Tank's a good example. Those people that are investing in those companies. They have one goal, and that is to make money. Yep. That's it. And so if they can make money and exit, they're going to make money and exit, regardless of what the long-term 
effects of that decision are. And not not saying that's that that's what they do, but but that's what they're doing is they're yeah. trying to make money. Whereas other companies like a, a Berkshire Hathaway, for example, their philosophy is just buy great businesses and hold it. So there's it's a process worth being very careful about. I've gone down it a few times and luckily have have never done it, but have learned a lot about it. And it's something to be very thoughtful and careful about. Sorry, my microphone came off my microphone stand. Oh, <laughs> technical difficulties. Hey, hey, hey. Yikes. Back in business. We're back. All right. So I don't know if that was a... I don't know. I don't think that was very well said. But to summarize, if you are considering selling equity in your business, make sure that investor is aligned with you and ask all the questions you can. And if you really just need money, there are other ways to do that than selling equity and getting a bank loan. Because we did it. Yeah. I know it's possible. Well, thanks for reaching out, Jay. Good to hear from you. Last question. Uh, this is from James Doherty, who has also reached out a good number of times. Um, yeah. Another yeah, friend of the podcast. He's another one of the, another one of the loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. James is asking, is a heavy equipment operator school worth it? Um, frankly, no. I mean, I'm sure there's value, but based on my experience and everything I've heard, the answer is no. I would just go get a job as a laborer. Just go pick up a shovel until you have an opportunity to get into a machine? Pick up a shovel, work your ass off, look for that opportunity, grab a hold of that opportunity, work your ass off again, learn on the job. That's the best way to do it. And this is, again, a non-union answer. If you're in the union hall, it's a little bit different. You might get that kind of training through the union and they have these big training centers. Like there's one in Texas. There's one in California. They have some pretty impressive facilities actually. But I would just recommend getting a job, getting in the ditch with a shovel and going to town. That's, and this is, this is my opinion because this is what I've heard from probably hundreds of people on this exact subject. Mm-hmm. I have poked and prodded on this subject. And I'm not saying operator schools are a bad thing. They probably serve some value. I just have haven't I don't know. I I don't want to answer like I want to answer this question truthfully, but I also don't want to be negative. Yeah. But based on everybody's I, I, this is a cumulative I've did, I've done my homework, and based on all of these responses, the answer is no. I'll leave it there. Can I can I tag off that question a little bit? Because we've we've gotten a question that also asked this this follow up that, that I think is really interesting and related. Say you do get like your your first job in the dirt world, and you, you've never worked in the industry before. What do you like need to have? Like, what do you need to show up? Day one to like the job site with, like physically, yeah, physically, or yeah, attitude yeah. wise. I can think attitude, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say physically is the first part of that. Yeah, a good attitude, but you you need a pair of boots, jeans, a shirt you're not all that concerned with, and that's it. They'll they'll give you a vest, they'll give you a hard hat, they'll give you glasses, they'll give you gloves, but it's just 
boots and jeans. And, and I remember distinctly when I got my first job, I went to Sears and picked myself up a pair of Timberland steel toe work boots, which were just not, not my cup of tea. Um, now I would never wear those, but, but in those days I thought I was the coolest cat in town sure. with steel toe boots. I was like, damn, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. And those things are probably like I five got, pounds a piece. Oh my <laughs> goodness. They were horrible to wear. And I picked up some jeans at the target next door. I bought, you know, like four pairs of jeans. And then I bought some high vis t-shirts, yellow and orange from the local swap meet that I was going to at the time for whatever reason. I don't know why I was going to the swap meet, but I was going to the swap meet and I loved it. And I picked up my high vis there and then they gave me a vest and a hard hat and I just went to town. And also a really key piece of equipment is your cooler with your, with your lunch in it. That's mm-hmm. the way to do it. Yeah. I, I think I could see how it would be really intimidating to show up on your first day. Like, Big time. If you've never been in the industry before, and you all that you know is that I'm gonna go work really hard today. If that's like wh- how you show up, I can still see it being really Im- intimidating to be like, I, did I get the right boots? You know, do you know what I mean? I just I think that would be that could be a lot for some people. Oh yeah, first day is not not fun. Even even anywhere, a lot, a lot of guys they move companies, yeah. and, and even your first day at a new company, True. it's it's. Not the best. Um, yeah, everybody's not there to to greet you with like a, you know, like a like a tunnel, like a human hand <laughs> tunnel where you run through and everybody's cheering yeah. for you. It's not like that. No, it's it's everybody's looking at you like, who the hell are you? And that's the fun of it, though. Yeah. You get out, you you get out there, you prove yourself through work. Everyone respects you, and then you fit right in. It's a very easy. It's a very easy way to go about it. Yep. Um, so yeah, best thing to do is just work hard and you'll get people's respect. Love it. Well, thanks, Aaron. And, and thanks, James, for reaching out again. Love hearing from you. Um, Aaron, with that, can you talk about next week's guest? Yeah, I don't know if those questions were my best work ever, <laughs> but I gave them what I had for, for this Sunday afternoon. No, I think they were good. I might. I think I'm running slow because all that brisket we ate yesterday. <laughs> It was a lot, man. I, I could not believe yeah. how big it was before you cooked it. I mean, it barely fit on the egg. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a. I think it's a medium sized egg, so oh, yeah. it was a 15, 15 pound brisket. It's like fifteen, thirteen. Yeah, that's a good, good sized piece yeah. of meat. Um, <clears throat> but to get to your question, this upcoming podcast, I believe we have Dana and Caroline from AEM. And they're the ones that put on Con Expo. So Dana, she's she oversees the the whole show, and then Caroline oversees the actual setup and, and the logistics of the show itself. They're the ones that put on the whole thing. Yep. And we we had a really fun conversation with them after uh, thirty minutes of technical difficulties trying to figure out how to get them on the damn phone. We got them on the yep. phone. We had a lot of fun. You get hopefully all of your Con Expo questions answered. And we talk about the upcoming show and we talk about all sorts of fun stuff around Con Expo, including bathrooms. I mean, we, we really get into the, the details about the largest heavy equipment construction trade show, trade show in, uh, in North America. 
uh, Caroline and Dana shared some stats that kind of broke my brain just from like a, an amount of people volume. I could not believe it. It's a huge it was deal. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, stay tuned for that. I, I had a lot of fun. I'm really excited about this interview. Yep. Um, if you've been to Con Expo, you love it. And if you haven't been to Con Expo, you got to listen to it because after you listen to this podcast, I am sure you'll be signing up for the 2023 Con Expo, March 2023 in Vegas. Heck yeah. I'm already excited. Get pumped up. I'm excited. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> and you haven't been to one. I've not so been to one. This will be my one. first one. And oh, yeah. I was already excited. And then after hearing um, or getting to be a part of the conversation, although I might, I didn't have my mic on, um, I just, I'm fired up and it, it was awesome to get to know them and, and hear their, I just experienced with the show and what, what it takes to put on something that big is, is, is crazy. And so, um, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm stoked and let's do this thing. Let's get, let's get to 2023. Let's do it. I got a, a little less than two years left. So stay tuned for that dropping on Thursday. Yep. As always, we got our Thursday episodes along, along with our Monday episodes. And with that, I guess we'll see everybody on the next episode of Dirt Talk. Appreciate you guys sharing and sending in questions. Keep it up. And we'll keep it up on our end, making these podcasts for you. Making podcasts. For better or for worse. Stay dirty. Stay dirty, everybody. Stay dirty, everybody.